I don't even, I don't need to say sorry, Carter. What do I say? Like, yes, Carter? Yes, Carter. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to My Got a Podcast. I'm Jim Wood. In this episode, John Powell and I preview Georgia's matchup with Florida in the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. We talk through what we're looking for in the game, and we answer questions from you, our listeners. As always, remember to check out the newly redesigned MyGotAPodcast.com to see our latest merch. And you can follow us on social media at MyGotAPodcast. Finally, we'd love for you to check out our presenting sponsor, Oxia Time, at oxiatime.com. That's A-X-I-A-T-I-M-E.com. Now, let's join the conversation in progress. JP, cocktail party week. I like your hat. <laughs> I, li- I like your hat. Uh, <laughs> shout out to Josh. Shout out to Dog Stats. Uh, hey, and we, we ended up with the different colored ones, too. I know, right? I feel like we're like we're hearkening back to like season one of my got a podcast when when we met Graham and Josh and swapped hats. Amazing. <laughs> I kind of wish that we'd have a blackout though, so that I had that. This is like my blackout hat. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, but it's also it's also my hat for for Florida Week. Yes, yes. I actually okay. So this uh, this shirt, I don't know, like Fletcher Proctor. If you're listening, watching, if you check on the YouTube, probably has this shirt. So this is a Georgia basketball beat Florida beat nice. Florida shirt from the uh, from the Jim Herrick days back when we were in back when we were in school. So sporting that one tonight. So shout out Fletcher, UG Hoops Mafia, all those who uh, like the hoops, all the hoops, all the hoops foods. So did you bring a? You got a beverage? Uh, I'm gonna make a cocktail actually live. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh my gosh, John! Hold on, hold on. As we agree, oh, it's time. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's mine's gonna be a little bit a little bit easier. Uh, okay. I've got the I've got the Woodford Reserve uh, old fashioned um, okay. the Woodford Reserve old fashioned syrup. So I will not be shaking anything. Unfortunately, I can't hear you shaking. I'm well. I muted my microphone. Should I oh. should I let it go? Here, let's see you if should, can you it. should absolutely. I can't hear it. Yeah, it's, it's getting muted out. Um, so I've gone with the uh, the John tweets. Shout out to to John. Dog bourbon, bulldog bourbon, social club. Uh, so I went went with the revolving door. Ooh, we're 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 taking it from the weekend, eh? Yeah, just keeping it keeping it going. I because probably should be doing that because my throat. But this was the uh, this was the cocktail that was uh, kind of my uh, entry point into bourbon. Um, so yeah, so what? Maple syrup, lemon, lemon juice, and uh, rye. I'm using the Sazerac rye, by the way. Ooh, so I've got that. Got the that well. yeah. So I'm making I'm making my old fashioned with uh, the Isaac Bowman port barrel. Okay, gives it a Very little nice. bit of a, a little flavor. Too funny. Gotta, gotta stir it up. And I don't know if anyone will believe us or not, but we didn't even plan that. <laughs> <laughs> we did not plan that. Yeah, and and speaking of joining the conversation in progress, we've been talking for how long and still haven't even talked about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all I know is the podcast before the podcast was bumping tonight. Uh, Definitely multiple. Uh, oh man, we should have been recording moments. So my bad. Cheers. Yeah, I had to. Cheers. We had been um, chatting for so long that I had to go and grab a new cube because it had melted down too much. Okay, so I'm using uh, these like small ice spheres, like the like mini miniature ones. They're the ones that I, I think I told you about that my mom, like I commented on their ice, uh, like Memorial Day weekend, I think, at like Hartwell, and then like when I got home, my mom had sent me the uh the ice mold or the ice tray i guess 
through Amazon. I was like, mom, I wasn't saying you had to buy it for me. Like I was just compliment. I like the ice. So I'm using these little mini ice spheres. That's awesome. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> I like, I like your, I like your, your ice spheres that you have, but cheers. Yeah. I've, I've just got the, I've just got the classic, uh, the classic clear cubes I've made from the, the igloo, the igloo process. Okay. Okay. Which by the way, I saw totally off the rails already. Um, <laughs> it's the cocktail party. What were you supposed to do? I saw, I saw a device that they were trying to charge $600 to make clear ice cubes. And oh, yeah, yeah. it was basically like, I only made four. It was basically like, if you took, if you took that, that ice mold that your dad, that Lou has mm-hmm. like the, the fancy mold that, that makes four or whatever cubes. Yeah. And made it into a machine where all you did was pour the water in and then it just like created them for you. Four ice cubes in 10 hours for $600. I was, I had to laugh. I just had Amazing. To laugh. Amazing. <laughs> um, let's see. I had two, I guess, kind of announcements before we, before we jump in, we can hit quickly. Um, one is Missouri kickoff time. Uh, so that did get announced today. Uh, so Georgia, Missouri, 3.30 next weekend on CBS. Uh, so it'll be the early game in a CBS doubleheader. They've got uh, Alabama LSU at night. I saw um, um, John. John had mentioned that they were like were going to cap out their mm-hmm. their contract with CBS or something like that. Has that ever happened? At least for yeah, us. Yeah, usually not for us. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, because I think what I think it's you could only be on CBS like five times a year. Um, I think they were. I saw someone say that there's like a waiver or something. I saw mm-hmm. somebody else was like. It's the last year. Do they really care anymore? <laughs> Maybe they'll just do what they want. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I I mean, by the rules, I think um, technically Missouri should be the last time we're on CBS. Um, for as, that's my understanding. So we'll see. We've already hit the limit. Um, <clears throat> then the other thing was the Friday before the Missouri game. So there's going to be a, a, a thing at the Foundry um, Friday night, uh, home field, homecoming. Um, so this has been set up through dog central. Um, so Graham coffee will be there. Um, Alex Kirshner is going to come out, um, and moderate, um, like a, a panel at, uh, for like a live podcast recording through dog central in the evening. So it's from five to 10 at the foundry. Um, we'll put the info in the show notes. You do have to register if you want to attend. Uh, but I'll definitely be there. Um, I know, uh, Graham's going to be there. John tweets will be there. George Foster is going to be there. Um, so it'll be it'll be a good time, uh, a lot of fun with a bunch of folks um, from Dog Central. Um, JP, I know you're up in the air if you're going to be up there that weekend or not. We'll we'll see. We'll we'll try to keep glasses on it. We'll try. But uh, yeah, but head on out there. It's going to be sponsored by Home Field Apparel. They're going to be out there. Uh, you'll be able to get deals on the home field uh, gear while you're there, and then come hang out, have a beverage, and uh, talk some football. So that'll be fun. Super jealous if I don't get to go. <laughs> Take uh, pictures. We'll do. We'll do. We'll do. <laughs> Although, as we've learned, I'm good at taking pictures, bad at sharing them with people. I think I finally sent uh, the balance of my pictures to to you and Chris. So, sorry about that. <laughs> uh, uh, I also, I feel kind of like, uh, you know, we had the bye week, but we had like so many guests. It's, you know, back to us again. <laughs> we were the hardest working, the hardest working podcast in UGA fandom Holy <laughs> this past week. Better yeah. never rest, Jim. Better never rest. I know we got to the end of the week and you're like, man, that was like a busy off week. <laughs> <laughs> we're already, we're already there. Uh, so yeah. So if you haven't, if you haven't uh, checked it out, I, I think there's some pretty like evergreen type episodes. So we had British Bulldog again. 
Uh, we had the first of our player interview series uh, with the Oxia Time Ambassadors um, through Co- Classic City Collective with Tate Radledge. Um, so more to come there. Uh, keep your keep your eye out for that. And then I also had our buddy Dwight uh, to talk about uh, Bulldogs battling breast cancer for Breast Cancer Awareness Month, um, which again, go hop on the points pledge. Uh, anything you can do there uh, is helpful. Sorry, I missed out on that one. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I felt bad that I asked your question. I, I, I did ask the, uh, your, what's your Georgia story? So sorry, John. I... <laughs> no, it's a great question. If I'm not there, it's very good. Uh, all good. <laughs> all right, well, let's, let's run down the matchup. Let's run down the matchup. Um, so 3.30 kickoff uh, on CBS. Um, JP, the last, the last cocktail party on CBS? Kind of weird. Mm. Like, you know, pour one out for the cocktail party on CBS. Um, Pours one out. Kind of weird. Um, so at, at what is now called Everbank Stadium uh, in Jacksonville, the dogs come in 7-0, 4-0 in the conference. Uh, the Gators are 5-2, and 3-1 in the SEC. So currently only two L's in Florida right now, John. Um, well, dogs ranked six. <laughs> Fair. Uh, dogs are number one in all the polls. Uh, the Gators are not ranked. Um, the official hashtag is hashtag UGA versus FLA. So I like that. Uh, I, I wonder if like when Florida puts out their notes, if they have it reversed, like, are there two? That, but then that wouldn't be the official game. I know. It wouldn't so, be the official hashtag. Yeah. So according to Twitter, uh, it's Georgia, Florida. Um, we need to watch Gator. We need to watch Gator Twitter and see like if they tweeted on. Say, ah, <laughs> see, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so let's see. Uh, All time series. The dogs lead the series 55 to 44 with two ties. Or do they? A little foreshadowing there, John. Um, and last time we played these guys, we beat them 42 to 20. Um, the weather looks pretty nice. High of 82. Uh, it should hit the high between 2 and 3. Uh, low of 67, but that's like in the morning. Should still be in the 70s by the time the game is ending. So for those of you that are heading down to Jacksonville, uh, looks like a beautiful day. All right, JP. I'm going to turn it over. I'm going to yield yield to you. Do you have any any fun facts? What do you got for us this evening? I do have some history, but I also do have like some random fun facts, like not necessarily like football related. Okay. Do you know why it's called Jacksonville? Oh my gosh. Should I? I don't. No, I don't. I, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I don't, you know, I have no idea. I don't, th- I don't think we discussed this last time. Okay. It's actually named after Andrew Jackson, who was originally uh, the the colonists. He he was in charge when Britain. Well, technically, it wasn't Britain, but when. Um, Spain ceded uh, control to the United States uh, okay. for the state of Florida. So um, long history. Actually, Jacksonville is a pretty important part, not only uh, for, you know, Spanish American trade, but also like Native American trade. Um, the the Native Americans that lived in that territory utilized that bridge crossing that, that entire territory there um, for they traded cattle and all kinds of stuff. Um, but it, that's, that's where, that's where they would ford the river and things like that. So anyway, um, Jacksonville itself was named for Andrew Jackson, um, Did not know that. in, in years past and, in, in, you know, before the United States was a thing, you know, Spain and France, um, kind of warred, um, in that territory, they was kind of split in half or whatever, but over time, um, you know, Spain won out. They had, they had, they controlled the territory, and then Britain came in. And when Britain lost, they gave it back to the Spanish. Then wars continued to happen, and as part of the Paris Treaty, 
they gave the territory back to the United States and named it after Andrew Jackson, who ended up becoming the, I think he was the seventh president. So a little bit of history there. The, um, that entire, like, there's an entire road that goes from basically St. Augustine all the way north um, into Georgia. They mm-hmm. called it the, they called it the King's Road, which was a big part of that whole that whole area where we play the game in. Um, yeah, but yeah, it used to be called the King's Road. Nice. See, you know, informational and edu- educational. My God, yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but speaking of history, um, mm. and you kind of alluded to you alluded to it. We do have some we do have some visual artifacts. If you are a watcher on the YouTube's, I'll try to tweet it out, or I will. Um, but, um, yeah, so, uh, we do, as Jim likes to say, it's not really a rivalry unless you disagree on, on the record, on the matchup. Um, and Jason Hasey, the Hergert library, um, you know, he provided us some, some information on one of, on, this was the first, the first game, the first matchup, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Between, between Georgia and Florida. And it is all the way back. And again, this just goes to the whole conversations that you and I have had over, tradition and what tradition means in this sport and in this conference this this rivalry dates back to 1904 for us yeah say for us but um (laughs) it dates back to 1904 for us um yeah so uh the 1904 georgia football team was not very good jim um they were coached by former harvard guard charles barnard uh, who only lasted one season in athens the georgia team posted a record of one win and five losses that one win though was the start of a bitter rivalry between Georgia and Florida. So bitter that the two schools don't agree on the overall series record. And this is all from Jason Hastie. Sorry if I, would, I didn't preface that. Um, Jim, I think he's got some um, some news articles that uh, that Jason sent us from, um, from I believe, the Banner Herald, um, maybe the AJC. I can't remember which one they were from, but sorry, Jason. Um, it was a, it was what was what eventually became the Banner Herald. I think it was just the Banner back, back the Banner. in 1904, I believe. Right. Okay. So they don't agree on the overall record. On October 15th, 1904, the Georgia football team, many years from being nicknamed the Bulldogs, met a team from the University of Florida in Macon, of all places. Um, Georgia defeated Florida 52 to nothing. Uh, I feel like it should also be noted that uh, Florida actually didn't score a single point in their entire five-game season. Um, there, I think they were outscored 225 to nothing, which just kiss. Um, <laughs> and I believe we also have a, a picture of the actual 1904 team, which I want to point out. Um, I do want to point out that the the team photo there um, features a. I, I would say it's an OG Power G, right? Like that's a, that, that, it's it's pretty awesome. I, I love yeah. I love this photo. This photo is just old school football, and it's actually got a, a G in it, which I think is great. I am attempting to zoom in. We'll see how this plays. Uh, but we've got the the young man with the uh, the old block G on his jersey. We'll say yes. You you love to see it. You love to see logos. Uniform Twitter geek out. <laughs> um, okay, so the University of Florida contends that the team that Georgia played on that day wasn't actually from the current University of Florida, but was from an earlier iteration of the school that had begun as the Florida Agricultural College. And had only recently changed its name to the University of Florida. So again, we're playing the Flor- Florida Ag is who we're playing this weekend, guys. Yeah. Um, the version of the University of Florida that Georgia played that day was from Lake City. <laughs> I'll get to Lake City in a second. 
approximately 50 miles north of Gainesville. The Florida legislature reorganized the state's institutions of higher education in 1905, consolidating several schools and moving the University of Florida, Florida from Lake City to Gainesville. Whatever administration reorganization took place in 1905, no doubt the Georgia team played a team from the University of Florida. The Athens Banner, uh, a predecessor of the Herald, uh, Banner Herald, which Jim already mentioned, it mentioned on October 14th that the University of Georgia football team, accompanied by Coach Barnard and Colonel E.L. Griggs, leaves this afternoon over the central over the central of Georgia Railway from Macon, where they will meet the University of Florida 11 for their game. Mm-hmm. The refusal of the University of Florida, Florida to recognize this game is no doubt appropriate for the point of view, even though few outside of Floridians and students of history know that and higher education in the South are likely to make the distinction. I do have to wonder, however, if Florida's position is based partly on the lopsided score of this game. <laughs> Again, they, they're trying to disavow the 1904 football team altogether again, because they were outscored 225 to nothing, mm-hmm. um, which incidentally, uh, you know, also included a 77 to nothing defeat by John Heisman's first Georgia tech team, which is kind of another, you know, state of Georgia history fact. First games recognized as valid by both universities took place on November 6th, 1915 in Jacksonville, Florida. So there you go, history buffs. It didn't start as a it didn't start as um as a home and home. It was always a neutral site game. Yep. Georgia won that meeting 37 to nothing. Florida wouldn't score on Georgia until it lost a 32 to 9 contest in 1926. Florida wouldn't win its first game in the series until it recorded a 26-6 victory over UGA in a game played in Savannah, of all places, on November 10th, 1928. So we got a lot wrapped up in there, Jim. Um, yeah, yeah. You, you got, you know, <laughs> history on history on history there. Um, I mean, how, how awesome would it be to play this game in Savannah or... <laughs> Macon of all Macon? Dude. <laughs> Dude, Georgia, Florida, and Macon is is crazy. So uh so just remember this when uh you know when I rattled off the series history and I said it's 55, 44, and two on CBS, they're gonna say 54, 44, and two, we might guess. And so when you're like Jim and John, what were you talking about? That's why that 19, 1904 game. So they 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 claim we were playing Bizarro, Florida. I guess Bizarro, Florida. Yeah, <laughs> I guess I guess they they allow the the two schools to kind of agree before they actually put it on the broadcast. I wish they would talk about that, Jason. We need to work on that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, amazing. Yeah. Shout out Jason Hasty, the unofficial official historian of My God Podcast. Amen. God bless you, Jason. These were these were amazing. I appreciate yes. I appreciate it. So the best was today, um, I had, you, you sent me the picture first and I was like, oh, I was like, Jason's email came in. It's like Christmas. It's like podcast Christmas morning when we get Jason's email. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, incredible. Incredible. All right. Oh, you ready to move on to. Yeah, let's, let's, can, let's go ahead and let's go ahead and get into it. Okay. Um, so news and notes. So I hit the game time stuff earlier. Um, I watched uh, Kirby's press conference. Only thing I'll say there um, from Kirby, like, no, he didn't give any hopeful kiss of deaths. Um, that's the thing I noticed 
he got some questions around, you know, health and timetables and, you know, timetable for Brock Bowers, for example. And he was like, you know, that's speculation. I'm not going to get into speculation, all that kind of stuff. So I didn't so hear him I, say hopeful about anybody. I, I I actually caught the beginning of this, uh, or I, I saw I saw part of it. Mm-hmm. And I, I remembered um, he got like, like the question wasn't actually about timetables. It was generally like, I think it was just about Brock Bowers, right? And he like, he like went there. It was almost like a little irritated. Like Kirby was a little irritated at the question. <laughs> Uh, shocking, shocking. Um, the biggest thing that I picked up from media availability today was a quote from Javon Bullard. So I'm just going to read, read you this, John. So this is just on, uh, on the rivalry. He said, this is old fashioned hate. Georgia, Florida is one of the biggest rivalries ever. It was that way before I got here and it's going to continue to be that way after I leave. If this game doesn't get you amped up to play football, I don't know what will. It's special. We have a lot of Florida guys on our team. I know it's special for them as well. Me being a Georgia boy, it's damn sure, damn sure special for me. We have to do whatever we can to come out with the victory. I love it. <sighs> Amazing. So, I Georgia, Georgia boy. If you don't listen to his podcast, uh, Jim, you sent me the link to the, yeah. his little sit. I guess you call it a sit down with uh, Jackson Meeks um, for their yeah. little podcast over on the Players Lounge. But um, he talked about that as well. He talked about that this is the this, there's so much hate in this rivalry. He said, it's Georgia, Florida, man. <laughs> Dude, I love it. I love it. Again, you know, it, it, to go back to it, like, if you haven't heard our interview with Tate, uh, definitely go check that out. Uh, it's cool to hear him talk about that and having a podcast and just getting to have a platform. That's been a really cool thing from NIL. Um, it was really born out of NIL, these guys getting their own shows. Um, but yeah, I've, I've definitely enjoyed, enjoyed uh, listening to Javon as well. They, they're, uh, they have great conversation. Yeah. All right. Okay. So that's what I all had for media availability. Um, so why don't we dive into the Georgia offense, John? What are we looking for when Georgia has the ball? Um, so a couple of things I'll call out, or I'll just rattle off some Florida kind of notable defenders. Um, so their leading tackler is Shamar James, uh, sophomore inside linebacker. He's got 50 total tackles and one sack. Um, Devin Moore is a sophomore cornerback. Um, he leads the team with one interception. Uh, also only has one total tackle. I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, and then their sack leader is a junior edge rusher. And I'm going to butcher his name, John, but his first name is Princely. Uh, Princely Uman Milan. I don't know. I need the Scott pronunciation guide, please. Um, but so <laughs> he's, he's got uh, three sacks uh, and 18 total tackles on the year. So just a couple of guys to look out for. Um my other note on the offense is just for this game. Uh, well, obviously we talked about Brock Bowers, but Carson Beck. So this is a homecoming for Carson Beck. Um, so Carson's from Jacksonville. He uh, graduated from Mandarin High School in Jacksonville, Florida, um, led them to a state title um, in the highest uh, high school football classification that they have in Florida. Um, so obviously he's been back there in college, but, you know, first time uh getting the start in the cocktail he's party gonna be the home. first time starter i imagine he's gonna have a whole bunch of folks in town for this game yeah 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 i imagine hey hey he's just got to keep the main thing the main thing i'm sure i'm sure Lock that, that he will i don't he's he's mr he's 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 mr cool he's joe cool yeah yeah i mean the dude is balling out um Georgia ranks fifth in the fbs in yards passing per game with 337 yards per game you know that's mainly coming from Carson. Um, yeah. I mean, this, yeah, I feel, you know, it, as you, as we start to look at the numbers, 
more than halfway through the season. Uh, the Bobo haters of I don't like I don't know what what they can say at this point. You, you know, if you're if you're hating on Bobo, like which which is funny. Like I, I find those I find those guys every so often. Like <laughs> shout out to Parks Junior. If you're listening to this, Parks, sorry. But he and I had a, a text exchange with a group um, from church, and <laughs> I mentioned to them that I was interviewing. Uh, we were going to interview Tate, and he, and he was like, he gave me a bunch of Bobo questions. I was like, I was like, I was like, Junior, <laughs> come on, man, <laughs> you got to get, you got to get beyond this. I threw the numbers at him. And he goes, he goes, all right, fine. <laughs> if you're going to throw stats at me, he goes, ask him, ask him what his favorite planet is, which I didn't, I totally forgot to ask him what his favorite planet was. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. We'll have to have him back. We'll have to have him back to ask him that. Oh man. But um, I will say, I mean, Florida's defense, um, like pretty good. Um, like if you look at the numbers, um, you know, decent statistics, um, they give up uh, 20 points a game. That's like 37th in uh in, in college football in the FBS. Um, so they're, they're doing, they're, they're doing okay uh, on, on the defense. What, what are you looking for? I don't know. What are you, what are you looking for our, out of our offense? Obviously minus Brock Bowers, right? Yeah. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how this, how this lines up because on paper you look at it and it's like, well, you know, our, our fairly pedestrian rushing game versus their rushing game, which is also fairly pedestrian. So it's kind of like a toss up, you know, mm-hmm. I imagine we'll probably try to establish the run just as a general operating procedure in this game. Um, the team that usually wins the rushing game usually wins the game, right? Yeah. Yeah. Particularly in this game. Yeah. I feel like, I, I feel like I remember some stats that Gary talks about in the, in the past. Um, but yeah, I mean, I imagine we're probably going to be rushing, r- running the ball to try to set up the run. Um or running the ball to set up the pass. Uh, I know what you meant. It was what we're going to be doing. I don't. I don't know. Um, I'm. I'm a little bit nervous, but I'm not. Like I. F- I think we'll figure it out. But I think that this is going to be one of those like it's going to be really ugly for a while, and we're going to out talent them in the second half kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that the offense is probably going to. It's going to. Uh, I don't know. I don't see how you, I don't see how you don't, I guess it also depends on, you know, how loss and lucky comes out. If he's going to be out there, if if, mm-hmm. if Oscar Delp comes, comes in and, you know, balls out, I think he's had a couple of, he's been kind of, you know, hit and miss here. Yeah. In my opinion. Um, if Carson can hit those early, early deep passes kind of thing. Um, if we're, if we're going to be, off target on those deep balls, it's probably going to be a long, a long day at the beginning of the game for for us. It's probably going to be very frustrating. It's kind of what I'm expecting, to be honest with you. Got it. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I I expect we'll we'll spread the ball around like we like, frankly, like we have been right. But um, you know, Brock has kind of been getting those chunk plays even off the short passes, so that won't be there so much anymore. Um, I am curious. We've been doing so much laterally with Dominic Lovett thus far this season. Curious to see if he gets more vertical. And then I think we'll continue to be vertical with Rara like we have been. Yeah. Um, I mean, one thing, that, that's definitely something that I would love to see more of is getting vertical with Rara, as I have said in many weeks. I feel yeah. like that the Rara situation is kind of like. I don't know. I, I feel like that a lot of folks have have seen it. I've I've heard I've heard it being talked about, but it hasn't really been hyped up a lot. And 
in the Georgia circles, I feel like that I'm that I'm a part of. Like nobody really realizes how how big how big he's been. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's almost like the the early compare the early like hype and excitement that I had about um Dejan Edwards, like mm-hmm. from from years past. Like it feels kind of like that. Like I feel like that he could be he could be the guy if we just fed him some more snaps, which you know seems like he's going to have an opportunity to get more snaps. Everybody's going to have a chance to get more snaps because yep. we're giving up a, a chunk of them from, from Bowers. You don't have to replace them. You just have to spread it around to the guys that are producing. Was it, what, what was it? What was Kirby's like, <laughs> I don't know why he brought in like Superman is dead or something, or like yeah. he said Superman is dead, but then he was like, there is no Superman. Um, you know, like you can't replace him with one guy, that kind of stuff, which I, which I agree with. Um, also like Rosemary Jackson, right? Like, you know, would, that would be pretty awesome for him, uh, you know, with his, uh, what, dislocated ankle he had a few years ago when he was a freshman back in 2020. Um, would love to see him have a big game. And there's a reason why I'm saying that. So I'm going to give you one more thing that I noticed, John, looking at the numbers with these guys. So I was mm-hmm. trying to figure something else out. I was trying to figure something out. So they're, they're 12th. Florida's defense is 12th in FBS in success rate allowed. Um, so they only give up 34% successful plays on defense, uh, which is pretty, which is obviously very good, right? Uh, 12th in the country, but they're 85th in the country in yards per play given up. So to me, I said, okay, well, they must be giving up explosive plays, right? Um, the, and I don't know, maybe Josh can correct me, but for when I looked up, um, Florida is dead last in college football in the FBS in defensive explosiveness. They're worse. They're the worst team in college football on giving up explosive plays um, by the metrics. So I mean, um, I'll take that all day long, sir. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, and then I, you know, I mean, we saw that against Kentucky, right? Like that's how Kentucky beat them um, was on big chunk plays. Now those were on the ground. Um, I think we're probably more likely to do it through the air, um, but we'll uh, just something to watch for. For me, hey man, if if. If this is where our, our resident cannonball wants to bust a, an actual long touchdown, I'll, I'll take it. Yep. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. And will we still will we see Kendall Milton? Kirby didn't say that he was hopeful about him, so I don't know. We we might see him. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. As long as he's as long as he's a hundred percent, I'll take him. But if he's not, I think he needs to sit. Yep. I think that's fair. That's fair. All right. Anything else? Our offense, their defense, GP. Speaking of 100% uh, and talking about the, the Javon Bullard, I remember that was mm. one of the things that they mentioned when Javon Bullard was talking to Jackson Meeks about like, you know, taking the off week to 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 heal up or whatever. And Javon Bullard said something that was like kind of, you know, I feel like it's kind of obvious, but like everybody, everybody's, everybody's hurt. Like nobody's, nobody's physically 100%, but like if you're given 100% out there, so like, right recognizing that when we talk about a hundred percent, it's, are you given a hundred percent effort? Mm, yeah. 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 Agreed. Before we move on to the, the defense, um, just want to remind everyone that season four of my God, a podcast is presented by Oxia time. Uh, so Oxia time is a custom Swiss watch company. You've got to go check out their Georgia national championship watch collection uh, from both 2021 and 2022, because John, as we know, what's better than one national championship, two national championships in a row. Um, so the, <laughs> the what's better than one watch. 
two watches. That's right. That's right. Um, so you got to go check them out. Uh, multiple styles. They've got uh, men's watches. They've got ladies' watches. Uh, each band, each uh, watch comes with a, a band that you can swap out. Um, I like to wear the NATO band on mine. John, I know you like the stainless steel on yours. Um, but head over to oxiatime.com. That's A-X-I-A-T-I-M-E.com to check them out. You can use the code MyGotAPodcast. Uh, to get a presentation box to come along with your watch. We're going to leave it on uh, display on your house. And if you want to double down even more, head over to ClassicCityCollective.com, hit shop, UGA timepieces, and you can buy one of the limited edition watches. Same watch we've been talking about, same presentation box, but the presentation box is signed by one Kirby Smart. Uh, So uh, pretty excited about the Oxia Time Classic City Collective collaboration as well. I know it's Halloween and I know that, uh, or Halloween's coming up and, and, you know, you're getting scared by people that are wearing jorts and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but Christmas is coming up, Jim. Mm, Where do you get true. the man that has everything? Give him a Kirby Smart signed. That's right. That's right. Time piece from Oxia Time. Yes. Uh, awesome. All right. Let's, uh, let's move on to the defense. Uh, what are we looking for when Florida has the ball? Um, so some notable players for Florida. So quarterback Grand Mertz. Uh-huh. Graham. You mentioned you, you started you started out the you started out the the homecoming for for Carson Beck. There's also a couple other players that have homecoming on the defensive side too. Okay. Lay it on. Lay it on the folks, John. Jordan Hall, noted mm-hmm. freshman, which there's been a lot of folks that have been calling for him to get more involved in the defense with our defensive line woes. Um, and then also there's a, there's a, I think he's a reserve or uh, he's a freshman, but Ali Hall, um, is, is, a, is also from Jacksonville. So there's two players from the defensive side that are from Jacksonville. Cool. Cool. Um, so let's see the Florida offense. Um, so they got the quarterback Graham Mertz. Um, he's 22, of 170 for 1,897 yards. Uh, 12 touchdowns and only two picks. Um, so he's really kind of come on as of late, I would say, um, running back, uh, kind of a two, two back system. Um, so Montrell Johnson, uh, is their, uh, leading rusher, uh, with 438 yards and 85 carries and four touchdowns. And then, uh, Trevor Etienne, uh, sophomore running back 407 yards on 69 carries for three touchdowns. Um, Similarly, at receiver, uh, leading receiver is Ricky Pearsall, um, 44 catches for 619 yards and three touchdowns. And then Eugene Wilson, the third, is a freshman uh, receiver. He's got 26 catches for 251 yards and a touchdown. So just some guys to uh, look out for from the uh, the Gator offense. Mm. Um, you know, again, like if you kind of look at the FBS ranks, um, Florida – uh, kind of, I guess, middle of the pack a little bit there. Um, Georgia defense ranking very high, um, kind of shaping up like a Georgia defense tends to do. I know, John, we've been talking and, and texting a bit. Um, I think the Georgia defense is actually kind of like a lot more on track to the past two years than folks realize, right? From what you were looking at in the numbers. Yeah, I mean, when you when you look at the when you look at the stats, like we're we're actually like on track to hit the same net yards per play um, as, as we did last year. And I think the defensive stats, you know, like the actual defensive yards per play, we look, we looked pretty good um, compared to last year. So our defense is like, I think that the one thing that is, is probably lacking from the defense is pressure. 
like if if you were to sum this entire you know issue that we have with how our team looks from an eye test is the lack of pressure coming from the defensive line if that were to resolve itself you would be looking at a defense that's on par or better than last year's defense. The problem is, is that that production has not shown its face, which is why I mentioned Jordan Hall, um, you know, earlier, because I feel like that that's one of those things that at some point you have to look at, you have to look at your talent and you have to say, okay, the guys that we thought were going to produce, I mean, it's kind of similar to how, you know, Stetson Bennett kind of rose to his his prominent role in, in the team. Like we didn't, he wasn't given the starting job. He wasn't even given the backup job uh, for a, a stretch there. But then the team kind of looked at what was being produced and they they kind of went with it, right? Like, I think that there's an argument to be made that the kids should get a chance to play mm-hmm. because the interior defensive line is a problem for our team long-term. Um, you know, Brinson, Stackhouse, you know, those those interior linemen, like those guys have, have only produced, like, I want to say like three pressures in like a hundred and something snaps like Mm. between them. I mean, that's just not getting it done, dude. Like uh, Graham, Graham talked about that. Like uh, he was talking about that on, on 100 Sanford uh, last week on the bye week that the the pressures are just not coming from the interior line. Those guys are closest to the quarterback, et cetera. Like, I mean, we just got to get more production out of the, out of the defensive line. Yeah. And it's like, you, you know, you look at, you, you look at that um, and you kind of compare and you're like, what's, you know, what's different, what's missing. And then you turn on Sunday night football and you realize that all of those guys are now on the Philadelphia Eagles, (laughs) right? Uh, which is kind of, which is kind of crazy, but no, I mean, I, I agree. Um, Well, there's another guy that's, that's that's giving targeting penalties at USC and costing them the game, but (laughs) (laughs) Brutal. <laughs> I, 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 dig, I digress. I digress. Yeah, you're not. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. So you know, what do we do? Like, do we do anything there? That's what I am curious on. That right. And so, like, will we see anything different? We had we had the bye week. You know, could we see some new faces? Could we see some new pressures? Um, like, if you, if you talk about like the you know, quarterback pressure, I mean, our sack leader is actually Jamon Dumas Johnson leads our team in sex thus far this year with two and a half sex. Um, you know, so yeah, not, I mean, not, not a defensive lineman, not even an edge rusher. Right. I mean, yeah. he's our inside linebacker. So that's the problem. That's the problem that I've had with this defense all year long. Like I'm glad that, uh, was it smile is smile is the leading tackler right now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Er, earlier in the season, it was like, I think it was, it was either Bullard or Tyke Smith. I can't remember. And you and I had a conversation like, man, that's not good if a cornerback leads the team in tackles. <laughs> like that's right. just not good. Right. Um, so I'm glad to see that at least we're moving towards the towards the football with our leading tacklers. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, I, if if we can if we can get pressure on the quarterback, I feel like that solves a lot because then you start getting you know sacks, then you start getting you know strips and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, cause right now, like, I think we're, I'm pretty sure we're neutral in terms of the, our turnover ratio, if I remember correctly. I don't Have I don't we, know. have we, we still haven't even, have we gotten a fumble yet? I don't think we have. Uh, <clears throat> we got a ton of picks, but I don't, I don't know. I had those stats up last time we, we recorded, but, um, I don't <laughs> My know. Bad. Up right now. My bad. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, I think that we're we're not doing so hot on the on the turnover ratio. We're doing better than Florida because I think if I remember correctly, we're neutral in terms of turnover ratio, and Florida is like minus two or something like that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, so they're not doing so hot either. Um, but yeah, I, I, I if we get if we could start getting pressure on the quarterback, it's gonna solve it would solve a lot of problems. Which you know, hashtag like coaches wishes, right? Right. But, and I, I do feel like too, like, I mean, that's kind of been the formula against these guys. I mean, they're two losses, right? I mean, Utah was physical with them and Mertz struggled. Um, Kentucky, same thing. Right. And the other theme for those two games is they were not in the swamp. Um, so uh, they've only, they've only won one game on the road or outside of the swamp this year. This is their first neutral game as with us. Um, but their only win on the road was at South Carolina and they barely won that one. Um, so I, you know, get them outside of the, the comfort of the swamp. You're going to be, you know, half the stadium is a hostile environment. It's always a hostile environment down there for like both teams. Um, uh, we'll see, see how Mertz and the offense can operate under that. Yeah. I would say that, uh, what I'm, what I'm going to be looking for is, you know, they they do not have they do not have a very good rushing offense right mm-hmm. you know they're ranked what 83rd in the country in terms of yards rushing yep yep yards per game yep um i it feels like that you know what we should be doing is literally just pinning our ears back and just letting and, and just letting loose because if we can shut down their if we can shut down their rush that really is going to put a lot of pressure on them because their passing game is not all that great either. They're ranked 32nd in the country in terms of, you know, passing yards per game. Yeah. I, I I hope that, I hope that we're dialing up the, I hope that we're dialing up a lot of blitz, a lot of blitzing, like just send the house, which frankly, like it feels like that, like in the, in the Vanderbilt game, when we just sent the house, like if you just, it, it feels like that this team just wants to, wants to get after it and just, you know, let the chips fall where they may. Yeah. I mean, I, I expect us to look, I mean, I don't know, we're, dude, we're going to do what a Kirby smart defense does and we're going to stop the run, try to make them one dimensional. And then you can pin yours back. Um, I mean, that's, that's going to be, I would assume that's going to be the, the game plan against these guys is what we tend to do. Um, you know, I mean, it's a, uh, this is, this is Georgia football. It's a line of scrimmage game. Um, and so that's what we're going to, that's what we're going to aim to do. Uh, but yeah, I, I will say just like on like the numbers wise and, and, and the, the differentiation, um, I feel like our, our defense matches up even better with their offense than, than our offense does with their defense. Um, just what, what, from, from what I'm looking at. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah, how are you out. saying that our defense is the, is the strength in this game? In this game? Uh, might be, it might be, it, it might looks be. that way with the numbers. Yeah. 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 It could be, it could be a chance for the defense to make up some ground in terms of all their statistical categories, the way this thing is shaping up. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Agreed. All right. Uh, you got anything else there? Cause I got a couple of special teams things. <laughs> um, let's see. All, all, all I'll add is, um, you know, preseason, you know, Carter, Carter said that, uh, you know, Graham Mertz, he's like, Graham Mertz is like the worst quarterback ever. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, I, I, I like that energy, Carter. <laughs> uh, I don't even I don't need to say sorry, Carter. What do I say? Like, yes, Carter? Yes, Carter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. 
Love it. Uh, yeah. What Wisconsin transfer, right? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. He's, he's played well the past couple of games. Um, but like I said, uh, I mean, that last game though, I mean like South Carolina, um, kind of falling apart. So the wheels are falling off at South Carolina. That or or Shane's kicking them off. I don't know. Right. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) All right. So for special teams, um, John, I have shocking news for you. (laughs) Let me guess. There's, there's an Australian on the roster. Like at this point, is there any team in the SEC who does not have an Australian punter you know from Pro Australia? You know, it's funny. I'm going to brag on you for a second here. Okay. Uh, Jim Jim puts together the, the our 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 prep, quote unquote. Which, it, it, given the automation that you've installed in this document, Jim, I'd say that we we're we're not just winging it like we used to. <laughs> um, I'm pretty but, proud of the spreadsheet. And the, but I'm, yeah. I'm giving I'm giving I'm giving you your flowers, Jim. Okay. Uh, okay. Without Jim, we would we would be a much we would, there would be a lot more pre talk. Let's just say that. Way. Um, <laughs> I had uh, that thought. I had that thought about the Australian kickers. Like, I feel like that we were like we're like when we're, I, I want to say that it was Les Miles. Mm-hmm. He had he had this guy. He had this guy when he was at LSU, and it was an Australian punter. And I remember the announcer talking about, yeah, he's from Australia. And he was just like kicking bombs. And we were all just like in awe of this kid. Yes. And here now everybody in the SEC, nothing, nothing is, is unique anymore. Like if you find something that works, everybody's going to copy it. And everybody has an Australian kicker. It's insane. I mean, and I do remember like before we had Dorson, there, there was a point where I I was kind of like, God, what are we going to where are we, we going to get one? Exactly. Where are we going to get an Australian kicker? And so then, like, we get him, and we're like, oh, like, we come up with, we're like, he's the booming onion. And like, we, we, we've got all these nicknames for him. And then it's like, everyone has an Australian kicker. But hey, uh, I don't know. The other kickers get along better with their quarterbacks, though, somehow. I don't know how that works. But apparently, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if, if he never, if he never punts in this game or the rest of the season, uh, I'll consider it a success and we'll cheers. Agreed. Agreed. Brett Thorson, Brett Thorson, uh, we would love to have you on the podcast. I've got <laughs> so many questions. <laughs> oh man! So the Australian punter, his name is uh, Jeremy Crawshaw. Uh, you know, shocking seems to be pretty good. Uh, he averages forty-seven point seven yards per punt. Um, so dude's pretty good. Um, mm. Their place kicker, his name is Trey Smack. So I feel like <laughs> pretty pretty good name. Um, and he's eleven to twelve on field goals. Perfect fourteen to fourteen on uh, extra points. All right, so here, here's my here's my fun fact, John. Um, mm. As you're looking, you know you can see the the spreadsheet. You'll notice that the Georgia opponent, uh, the Georgia um, opponent's punt returns, Georgia is un is, everything is not available. So Georgia is not ranked in the FBS on opponents' punt returns. There are 133 FBS teams. And the, the site that I used to put all this stuff, they only have 132 teams listed. We're the only one that's not listed. I think it's because Thorson hasn't punted enough times uh, for them to <laughs> register. <laughs> Poor bastard. So uh, I will say, again, though, to the Bobo haters, you know, our punter hasn't even punted enough times for them to do stats on the uh, average punt return yardage from our opponents. So pretty crazy. We need to, we need to, we need to have a shirt that says, sorry, Brett. Sorry, Brett. <laughs> love it oh that would be good that'd be good um so yeah that's um 
that's pretty much uh that's pretty much what I got. Kick it out of the end zone. Oh, swirling winds. As always, we'll gotta I was about to say swirling winds based on Hug Dog's video. We saw we saw the winds picking up. Maybe it's not gonna be that way in uh on Saturday, but yeah. I feel like the winds are always swirling down there. When you're kicking towards the river, you gotta you gotta watch out for that. So that's uh, always something to watch out for down in Jacksonville. Okay. All right. Uh shall we hit the listener questions, John? Let's. All right. So as they are every week. The listener questions are brought to you by Working Web Media. So we've talked about how they helped us redesign their website. Uh, and I always say that if you go out to workingwebmedia.com slash dogs, they will know that we sent you their way. John, I'm going to read off what the website says uh, if you click that link. It says, welcome listeners of My Got a Podcast. Any friend of Jim and John's is a friend of ours. We build websites and run marketing services for small and medium-sized businesses. If your business needs a website, why not reach out to us and have a conversation? Unlike other folks out there, all of our services are subscription-based, kind of like Netflix, and we treat every customer with the sanctity of a Saturday in Athens, unless you're a Florida fan. So obviously, this is a great company to work with. So uh, head on over there, uh, read that for yourself. Uh, give them a call, uh, set up a meeting with them, uh, and they can help you uh, with your online presence uh, if you got a small business. All right. I love it. Okay. First up, uh, Aaron King. Knowing Kirby, I have a feeling our defense shows a lot of improvement after the bye week. Who do you see stepping up the rest of the season on the defensive side of the ball? I mean, I always like, you know, if it's just stepping up and I can like cheat. I mean, I'm, I still feel like Bullard. So Bullard is a guy for me, um, you know, had injury early on. And like to your point, John, of listening to him talk this week and talking about getting closer to whatever hundred percent means at this point in the season. Um, he's a guy I'm still really excited about. Yeah. I mean, Tyke Smith, you know, he's, he's definitely, we've, we've, we've seen him all season long and we've all kind of rant and rant and raved about, you know, a healthy or a finally healthy Tyke Smith. Like mm-hmm. he's finally back to his old self kind of pre transfer uh, where he was when he was at West Virginia. Yeah. I would say that um, smile Mondon. Um, I would say that I would, I really, I really am looking for him to step up. Cause I, I feel, I just feel like that he is the, he's, he's the, I, I don't know. I, I, I have felt that smile had, everything that nolan smith was in him mm. um i'm just waiting to see it and i feel like that it's there maybe he's been banged up i don't know but he's taken over the he's taken over the um you know the the, the leading tackler and he's only a half sack behind jimmy mm. dumas johnson for you know sack leader as well so i don't know i'm looking for him i'm looking for him okay okay nice um Let's see, Bobby Wilson. Um, what is the best go-to cocktail for the world's largest outdoor cock party tailgate next Saturday, and why? The world's largest what, Jim? The world's <laughs> largest outdoor cocktail party. What did I say? Did I not say it right? <laughs> I'll let everybody rewind that one. Oh, is is Scott gonna make fun of me again? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was fun. Uh, okay. I'm playing South Carolina. Right. <laughs> um, I, I would say that uh, I would say that my go-to cocktail is is what I'm drinking today is the old-fashioned. I mean, that's yeah. that's that's a go-to cocktail for me. 
Okay, so my I'm gonna cheat as well. I love the revolving door, but to mix it up a little bit for if you're down there, I'm gonna like this isn't my real answer, but I'll tell you when I was in college and I went to the landing, what was I getting, John? Bourbon and Coke. A hurricane. Oh. Do you remember so, the so in the in the huge I, like like in a clear football glass? Okay. I was gonna say it was in the clear football glass, but they also had Jack and Cokes that you could get in that thing too. Uh, and see, I, I always get, got a... Tyler and I would get Jack and Cokes. Okay, okay. I always got the hurricane in that thing. I have I you're gonna be shocked to know this, John. I have one of those somewhere in my house. <laughs> it was my it was like my piggy bank. I used to throw my spare change in my uh in my beer cocktail glass from uh from the landing so of course and if you don't send a picture drinking from it this weekend i'm gonna be mad well i'd have to wash it if i find it because i'm pretty sure it's still filled with change i don't think i ever did anything with it um <laughs> i'll look for it uh okay second question from bobby how many more years will florida continue to suck and underachieve <laughs> sorry forever i, I couldn't even get answer? the question <laughs> Yeah, seriously. I mean, they're the Gators. Obviously, they're gonna could use like infinite. I mean, I, I uh, Grant Grant posted this random picture of like something that he saw in the ocean when he was uh, I can't remember. I think he was in North Carolina or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he said, "What is this?" And I, my my first instinct was to respond with, "It's the toilet bowl that Florida flushed its program down after Meyer left." <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, seriously. Um, I, I yeah. Um, hey, hey, listen, you know, I, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to level set with everybody on this one. Like, you know, we are in the good old times. Kirby Smart is the goat. I'm sure Florida thought that their time was going to last forever. And it didn't because when he leaves and, you know, it's eventually Kirby Smart is going to retire, you know, maybe not, you know, 20 years from now, he'll retire or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but every every dynasty has its you know every 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 great coach has his end and it's usually the ones afterwards that have the hardest time catching that lightning in a bottle again and as a manchester united fan jordan i know you're laughing right now uh but uh chris is is probably crying along with me but as a manchester united fan we lost our great coach and it has sucked ever since and Bama fans, it's coming for you too because he's in mm-hmm. Saban's in the twilight of his career. Like every down, every every period after a great coach, I don't know of any. I don't know of any like sports team where a great coach retired or you know moved on or whatever that didn't suck for a long time. Right, right, yeah, I like it. I like it. Um, but hopefully, hopefully they suck for a, an even longer time than normal. Yeah, I, <laughs> Bobby. Yes, agreed. Uh, let's see. Do our beloved dogs win big and take a lot of positive momentum into the meat of our schedule? Uh, y'all know I think so. Uh, Bobby, we'll get, we'll get to our predictions in just a moment. Coming up. Um, yes. Let's see. Uh, Rodeo. Rodeo dog fan. Uh, who Who's the worst fan base in the SEC? And why is it always Florida? It's always Florida. Because they wear jorts. That's, I mean, it, <laughs> they wear jorts and they... And they, they they play well. This is kind of alluding to another question. They play silly silly music that has nothing to do with alligators. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. Uh, I would say I think Tennessee kind of reminded us that they can give them a run for their money. Um, the last couple of years when they came out of their shell. But yeah, uh, Florida fans, man, even and like online too on Twitter, they're they're the worst. Like whatever. Might go away. Uh, yeah, I mean it's a, it's a, it's pretty close between Tennessee and Florida, but 
Yeah. Florida has a, they've been really quiet though. So it's it's I, I'll I'll say this I'll say this to answer Rodeo's question. Like you want them to suck forever because much like with the Tennessee fans, as soon as they start catching fire again, or yes. even if it's for like a hot hot moment, like all of a sudden you're gonna see all the all the sweatshirts and all of the license plate tags and flags. Like you're gonna all of a sudden see them coming out of the woodwork because they've been hibernating for so long because they are awful. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're totally right. Totally right. That's, that's exactly when, when these orange teams are good, man, they're, they're awful. That extends, <laughs> that extends to Auburn as well, by the way. Yes. Yes. Orange, orange is bad. Um, all right. 51 to seven GATA. Where were you when the touchdown celebration happened in 2007? And what was your first thoughts of it? He said, uh, I was in the upper deck asking myself, will anyone be kicked out of the game? Do you, do you remember where you were? I, I, you know, I don't actually. Um, I know that it was, so 2007 was when Carly was born. So I had to have been at the house just chilling. Yeah, I was at, I know I was at home. I was at home. The, here's how I remember it. I'm not a hundred percent sure. So let's see. So Ella would have been like one. So we had like a one-year-old. We were definitely at our house. Uh, we were still in Georgia back then. So we were in Alpharetta. Um I believe my sister was over at our house um, with Greg. And uh, I just remember like, like we did. So, so we were at home watching TV. Right. And so it's like, you know, it starts to happen. You're like, Oh, there's a lot of guys running, running onto the field. And then they were like, went to the blimp shot overhead. <laughs> you yeah. just see, you just see, and you're like, Oh my gosh. And then I remember, um, was it Gary? Was Gary the, it was was it already Gary back then? Because I knew it was Vern. Was yeah, it Vern? Gary I think it was, was already Gary, right? Because I remember like he just went into this whole thing. He's like, "This was planned. This was this planned. This was planned, yeah. right?" Um, so yeah, I, I I did my um, like my thought was, "Oh my gosh, there's going to be a fight." I think that was probably that was my first thought. I thought there was going to be a fight. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I remember, um, I don't know why, but I feel like that I, in my head, I'm thinking back, like Lindsay's asking, like my wife asking, are they allowed to do that? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Like I still, I still can't believe it, uh, it happened. Um, but it did give us the great Mark, Mark Richt gif. Uh, you, you know, you can read his lips. He was clapping and he said, all right, let's have some fun in this place. Uh, cause that place had been a house of horrors. And I mean that, uh, it worked. It worked. It worked for that year. Yeah. Yeah. It worked for that year. It worked for that year. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Uh, all right. Let's see. I've got some questions kind of bracketed off around uh, Brock Bauer's absence. Um, so this is the Brock Bauer segment of the listener questions. Uh, Rick Patton, do you think with Brock out, this may be the spark that we need? So I think I'm guessing thinking like maybe folks get fired up. Um, just step I, don't know, I don't know how many, I don't know how many folks are looking for sparks when their worst player, when their best player goes down. Yeah, I don't, I don't, the, the worst stretch of games. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't think so. I mean, I, I honestly, I, I just feel like they're just going to be, and it's not even like this next man up, really. It's just like we have who we have and we're going to go out there, you know, and, and play. I, I, mean, I haven't heard the next man up stuff so much from, from, you know, from the team. I'm, I'm looking for loss and lucky, man. Like, I, I mm-hmm. that kid very much has been like Brock Bowers was when he first broke out onto the scene. Like, there's been a lot of hype. There was a lot of noise about him preseason. He's he 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 participated. You know what I mean? Like, is yeah. is he, he going to get more snaps? Is he going to feature more? I don't know what happened in the week off, but like, you know, they're not moving away from the two tight end sets. So like, I have a feeling that 
you know, we're going to see, you know, either he's going to slot in and play that role or a part of it. Cause I believe all the scouting report and everything that Graham has indicated that this guy's as, as good of a blocker, um, maybe not quite, but as Darnell Washington. So like, can he slot in and play that Darnell Washington role that we've talked about yeah. missing for so long? So like, maybe it's not production, maybe it's just roles coming in that open up things for other players, that kind of stuff. Um, we've got, we've, I mean, we've got, we've got the talent we've got, we've got these guys. I mean, I think that we've, out of all of the top teams in the country in terms of offensive output, uh, we've got more receivers with catches than anybody else in the country. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know that it's a spark. I just think that maybe it's a spark for someone else to step up. Sure. Um, so you went into one. So all school did ask that, uh, will this be the week we see Lawson lucky have an impact? So you just mentioned him. So obviously you think, yes, I actually think so too. Um, and all school asked, is he fully recovered? And my understanding is yes. Like my understanding is he was actually recovered and ready to go health wise before he started playing. Um, it was more like he's a freshman and the conditioning type ish, you know, stuff going on there. Cause he missed fall camp. But as far as his injury, yes, that's our understanding. And, you know, he had the same surgery that Brock had. Um, so that can, you know, maybe give us a little bit of a window into what, what Brock's looking at there. Um, and then Dwight asked uh, over under on throws to the tight end position in this game uh, with the absence of ours. I don't know. I'd say three and a half. Five. Five. So you take the over on three and a half. Okay. We'll go, we'll go with that. I'll take um, the over. And then, uh, so Fletcher asked two questions, but one of them was about Brock. So I'm going to hit his second question. Uh, he said, won't we just use the Brad Pitt money ball approach to replacing Brock? Instead of Delp needing to cover 18 touches, give Delp four to five, uh, Dom an extra two to three, Rob Rob three to three three to four more lad three to four more etc right with bell and mrj spread it around i and i totally agree it's you're not going to get that from one guy i agree all right and i think think of all of those guys mentioned there mm -hmm. there's more than enough to work with agreed agreed will mcconkey get back on his donkey this week yeah mcconkey yeah he's, he's, he's getting into shape too like we kind of thought that he was not on his I don't, I don't, I don't think that he was at a hundred percent, you know, yeah. like, but Conky, he got on his donkey. Sorry. I can't, I can't, <laughs> I couldn't resist it. Okay. Uh, let's see. Okay. John Michael D any hashtag inside sources on Sammy, maybe not loving what's going on in Kalilililimson. Um, so yeah, I, I don't have any inside sources. I have not heard, uh, haven't talked to his grandma. <laughs> Although I did see uh, our other another cousin at this of the same like level, the same Sammy's first cousin. Um <laughs> we saw him at the Kentucky game. Um so we so Sammy does have a first cousin who is a sophomore at Georgia. And like, you know, this is side of the family, like I don't know them very well. And but I recognized him like from Facebook. And so I yelled at his name and he 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 walked by um our tailgate, John, Kentucky game. Um, oh. this may have been when you had gone to dog walk, but cause my sister and I were sitting down, we saw him walk by and we, we chatted. With I was him. about to say, because if I'd have known that I would have been all over that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but no, <laughs> I haven't, I haven't heard anything. I wouldn't, but all I'll say is I wouldn't get, uh, I wouldn't get your hopes up. Uh, he's going to Clemson. Um, and then he said, it might have be fun. only, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, orange It's orange. They're orange. They're bad. Have fun. Which, uh, leads us to. Am I the only one who trains or trained kids from the earliest ages to hate these nasty, ugly, wretched, slimy, sneaky, awful gators? My two-year-old on cue can tell you gators eat pooters. 
Yes, we all do that. I did that too. <laughs> yes, we we all did that. Uh, and I, it ends. I, uh, matter of fact, I've had you know, uh, Jim, as as you probably have experienced, like the the teenagers get to the point where they're talking about boys, and I'm like, so what is their family? Are they are they are they, are they Georgia folks? Like, what are they? And like, <laughs> if if any 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 mention of Gators, I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you, no. can't, you can't hang out with them. No, no bueno, no bueno. Like, why uh, not, Dad? Come on. <laughs> uh, yeah, Ella. I remember Ella came home from school once, and she was like, "There's this girl that was like wearing a Florida sweatshirt," and it was just like, "Whatever." <laughs> just like getting mad at like seeing the sweatshirt in school. That was years ago, but anyway. Amazing. So yes, definitely uh, trained our kids that way. Um, let's see. <laughs> All right, Walt Dog NC. During your college years, where was the strangest place you slept? at the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. Uh, and how many people were in one, were in one room? See, I don't know. I, I went every year. I don't, I don't think I have any, I don't have anything like earth shattering. Um, cause we were usually like at a hotel. Uh, but there was one time where we went down cause we always had, I think it's still the same way, right? It's like fall break is that week. Right. So like you get out of school early, you head down mm-hmm. for a few days. And I remember one time we went down, we went down like St. Augustine first or something and then came back. I don't remember what yeah. we did. Um, but we were with like our friend's cousin. Like we were seeing like our friend's cousin's house. And I just remember I'm not gonna name him, but I just remember he was all like, guys, like we gotta like behave because like my cousin is like an adult and like we can't be like all crazy at his house and all this stuff. We're like, okay, okay, <laughs> fine. And then like he was the one that was like hammered and like being an idiot in front of his family. <laughs> uh where we would all like behaved so i don't know that's 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 probably that's probably mine yeah the, the rest of them were usually just staying like at some random hotel in jacksonville or something <laughs> i went three times one time we stayed in saint simon's one time and, and we like bust down one time we stayed at a day's end which was probably like the most enjoyable time because it was like i mean it wasn't anywhere near the stadium i remember tyler i think found this hotel and like we stayed at the days in like so far away. I don't even remember how far away it was, but we had so much fun. That was probably the most enjoyable one. Okay. But then there was another one where I crashed with like 15 other people in an Omni in an Omni room. Like we just slept on the floor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, college. Yeah. It was one of those situations where like any, at any point the, the personnel like the hotel staff would come in and you'd all be just like kicked out you know oh I mean? yeah 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 for sure i feel like that's one of those games though that like that's one of those weekends where like if you're a normal person staying at one of those hotels i don't even know is the omni still there i don't even know i don't know um, but like there was two hotels there was one one was the omni and i want to say the other one was, uh, uh, they, was they were over the ones that were like over by the landing kind of yeah well yeah. I mean, they were like right next to they were like right next to the no landing or the stadium i can't remember it was like in between the landing and the stadium it was yeah like halfway. yeah anyway i just remember like the <laughs> there were so many kids in those hotels like if you're an adult that was staying in those <laughs> hotels i i and you were trying to get sleep like just god bless you kind yeah. of thing yeah yeah seriously <laughs> um all right i like this uh he also said and for the game hashtag delp a brother out will be clutch so i like that that was good Delp a brother out. Delp a brother out. Okay. I like that. I like, I like that. that. That's a good hashtag. 
let's see. Our buddy Dwight, uh, who was our guest in the most recent episode. Uh, closer game, Georgia, Florida, or Georgia, Mizzou? Mizzou. I don't know. Yeah, M- Mizzou, uh, that offense is uh, they're cooking. They're cooking. Um, Bubby, Bubby Dean, is attraction to the color orange an official mental disorder? <laughs> Yes. Yes, as we've as we've discussed already. Like the, should, the, there's just something about the orange. Should reptile mascots be banned by the SEC? And what is what is what is the best tailgate whiskey and why is it Crown Royal? Hashtag good dogs. <laughs> I need to get I, I told him I need to get the I need to re-up my winter wheat. Um because it's getting to be like winter season. Mm. Um if you've never had winter wheat crown royal, like you should you should try it. It's definitely I would say that, like as as John has described, I haven't had. Well, I take that back. I have had Midwinter's Dram, um, but I didn't have it at Christmas time. So mm. that's probably the key there. But at Christmas time, I had the Winter Wheat two years in a row now, and it was really good. That was like my Christmas Christmas drink if I didn't have like Weller Twelve <laughs> readily available. But um, John has always said that Midwinter's Dram is like Christmas in a bottle. But I'm 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 a fan of the winter wheat crown royal. Not that I'm not a fan of the regular crown royal, but um like if I'm sipping it, like that's what I'm looking for. Okay. Okay. I don't know, man. I'm I'm not I'm not uh knowledgeable about whiskey, so I'll defer to you on that one. Um <laughs> the best tailgate whiskey, um uh, you know I mean, you can't go wrong with Weller Special Reserve. Like that's just that's just yeah. I feel like Well, the, I guess so we're going with like the I feel like that's the whole crew. That's the whole crew's um, go-to whiskey. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, Hushton Rich has a topic. Uh, this is a question. What's your favorite Georgia win in the cocktail party? Um, he said, for me, I'm old enough to remember Lindsey Scott play, and that's when I became a Georgia fan, even though I was living in Illinois at the time. Um, do you have one that stands out? Because I, like, I have a few for me personally. Like, there's a few that stand out <laughs> to me. Can't just pick one. Yeah, I mean... Uh, Nice. I mean, the FTMF, the FTMF victory for yeah. me was like very, very meaningful. It, it was, was also, it was also the moment that I realized that our coach was just like us, and yeah. that he was going to be around for forever, yeah. as long as he possibly could do this. Yeah, yeah. Um, so my 1997 holds a special place for me. Um, that was the first time we had beaten them in a long time. And like my entire, my sister was at the game cause she was a student of Georgia. My parents were out of town and like, I was home alone watching that game. Uh, that was incredible. Um, so that one, that one's there for me. Um, and then Oh four, because Oh four is the only time I've ever seen us beat them in person. So those are, those, those are up there for me. Mm. Not quite as meaningful, you know, weren't in, in as meaningful of seasons, um, as say like 2021, uh but uh those are up there for me oh let's see uh brett building has a two-parter as is now tradition uh one what's your favorite cocktail party game oh there we go we just answered that sorry brett yeah his is a favorite uh in person on tv or in history etc so i guess we just hit those ones um and then why does <laughs> why does full of lorda's band play jaws when they're the gators and not the sharks we've all been trying to figure this out for years <laughs> Yeah, seriously, I I don't understand that one. It doesn't make any sense at all. Like, did they think it was clever when they're? 
And like, you know, this is like a major question for Brett who was in the Redcoats, right? Like, and he, you know, he, he is, he does not understand how one could even come up with such an idea. Like, I don't like how, who, who thought this was a good idea? I, I'll go, I'll go one further on, on you on that theory or whatever, but like, how about the teams that say like, like, like Florida and LSU are perfect examples. Mm-hmm. They're always like gator bait and tiger bait. Like, right. That isn't, isn't bait what you lay out to kill something. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I never got that either. Idiots. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, Benjamin, how many times? How many times will Gary mispronounce Marcus Rosemi Jackson? Oh my gosh, it's a weekly occurrence now. It's not. It's not like you know the des- desperate, desperate to score. It's like the announcer's desperate to say his name. I will say, like Brad Nessler can't even get it right either. No, in, in Gary's defense, so. Uh, so here's 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 my question. Who's gonna say it wrong more times, Brad or Gary? <laughs> <laughs> I would say uh, Brad at this point because I, I actually like, think I feel like Brad has a harder time with it than Gary. Yeah, does. seriously, dude. I again, I think that Gary gets a, an 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 over indexed amount of of hate from our fans. Like, hey, uh, well, I guess we 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 for sure have one more one more here, but um, <laughs> right. Gary, Gary's going away very soon, guys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's not necessarily a good thing. Yeah, no, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna miss it. I'm gonna miss it. Um, so Fletcher's other question was: Jacksonville is great, but how about we start doing neutral site versus USC Junior in Charleston or UT in Dalton or Chattanooga? Where else would you want to visit for a weekend that happens to have a Georgia game involved? Um, mm. <clears throat> Like a like a regular SEC game because yeah like I, I I think we've covered that a little bit like I I've always wanted to go to Utah for you know looking at Logan's games at BYU or whatever but mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> uh, my boring answer is I I am I kind of like it when we play in the Georgia Dome or uh, sorry I said the Georgia Dome in Mercedes Benz looking <laughs> <laughs> um, like a true pack rat <laughs> uh, I I as as someone who doesn't live in Georgia anymore and uh doesn't get back to Atlanta much. I don't I don't I don't actually don't mind those games. <laughs> like I, I love the game against Oregon. I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. That was fun. I mean it's fun. It's fun to play in Atlanta for sure. But like as far as like where you'd want to go, like if you if, if Atlanta let live a little Jim. Like if Atlanta wasn't I mean if it's non conference yeah. for me, like non conference game, it's Michigan or Washington. Those are the two for me. Michigan or Washington. Okay. I, I like it. I like it. Um, I'm trying to think. Let, let's 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 put a little spin on this on this question. Like, if it was a conference game, like not not a non-conference game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like a conference if was, game. Like, if it was a conference game, like where would you where would you want to go for like a a a neutral site like conference game? Yeah, uh, I mean, it, Florida and Macon. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing! Amazing! Um, I, I see. Like, I'm thinking, like, like, how far away is Columbia from like St. Louis? Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm. I don't I'm, even know. I don't know. I don't know Midwestern geography, John. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a quick search. That's an hour and fifty three minutes away. That's doable. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's like uh, an hour and fifteen or fifty. Hour and fifty three minutes. It's okay. two hours. It's like a two hour drive from from Columbia. Yeah, this is where this is where Tony and Tony and those guys are like, I know the answer to this question. 
um yeah like i mean i I look at that like i mean you know we've got texas and oklahoma coming in pretty soon so like you start looking at things like dallas um yeah yeah i don't uh, know so much want to do that like i don't want to have another neutral site i don't know that i want a neutral site in their state i guess that'd be my only thing there like what if you met texas in the middle and played them like in louisiana like in new orleans or something like that new orleans yeah that would be cool that would be cool. That'd be cool. Um, I don't know. The Charleston thing is kind of cool, but like, where would you play? Yeah, I don't know. The Citadel. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, that's never gonna happen. Oh uh, uh, man, yeah. I mean, there's 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 a couple of different options. I think Chattanooga is cool. I mean, Chattanooga is a, an easy drive for for us in Atlanta, but like, I don't know where you're gonna play. Right. Right. The yeah, problem yeah. is, is that the problem is there's like some cool places that you could think of, but like. You know the the stadiums are just not right. They have the stadium to hold the games. Yeah, you have yeah. to have a stadium. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Uh, I mean, let's maybe see. Tennessee, maybe Tennessee. If we have to play at Tennessee rather than playing at Tennessee, play in like Titan Stadium. I don't know. We play. Well, we should have played. That's where we should have played Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. There we go. Yeah, there you go. This is their high school stadium. Exactly. Um, all right, friend of the show, Tim Riley. Who do you see stepping up on the defense this week against them lousy, stinking Gators? I guess I don't know. Anyway, I'll I'll give one name that we hadn't mentioned thus far. Uh, Marvin Jones Jr. I feel like he's been kind of coming on. He's looked good when he's gotten into the game. Curious to see if we see more of him after the bye week. So he's one has one other name all throughout. I, I think we we oh on on the defensive side. Yeah. Um, I think I mean I I really I'm I'm waiting for Jordan Hall. Like I, I've said it yeah. already on on the podcast, but Jordan Hall is my. I really, I really need the def- the interior of that defensive line to step up um, for what what is about to be the the run in for the championship run. Okay, okay. All right. Last but not least, the hug dog, Jason Huggins. If the dogs win the rushing battle, does that ensure the win? Um, I think you you mentioned that because I know Gary talks about that a lot. I I think yes. I believe so. Yeah, I, I would agree with that assessment. And then, what's a better site for for dogs fans in the fourth quarter? A 15% full Florida section in Jacksonville or a 15% full Nayland? This year or in general? <laughs> this year, this year it would be 15% full Nayland. But in general, like if you were to ask me like in the history, I would say 15% full Florida. Hmm. I don't know. I, I, I almost wonder technically is the answer Florida this year because uh, Florida only has one conference loss thus far. Tennessee <laughs> has two. So I'm going to go Florida. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you if you that's why I say like this year because of all of the like all of this the the, the smack talk that Tennessee has given us right, about right, com- right. coming in and kneeling and right. I don't know. I just feel like I haven't heard a whole lot. Like my Florida fans have really been quiet, probably about as quiet as I have been to my Liverpool fans um, in in the soccer game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I would agree. I haven't heard much. I haven't heard a peep from my food. Yeah, like, like Florida, so. Florida Twitter is non-existent right now, which is exactly what you're looking for if yeah. you're a Georgia fan. Yeah. So that's why I say like from a historical perspective, like, yeah, having having literally half of the stadium celebrating and the other half like gone. Yeah, um, is 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 amazing from a historical perspective. But this year, like I would say, probably fifteen percent full Neyland would would just be like okay, okay, perfect. we'll go with that. Uh, although I'm gonna in in a rare my got a podcast disagreement. 
I'm gonna go Jacksonville. So. <laughs> we'll I like it. All right, are you ready, John? Let's do it. It is time for coaches under uh, over unders and John, I snuck it in there. I don't know if you heard the the soundboard edition that I finally got to. I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I did notice. All right. Coaches over unders Florida edition. Um, let's see. I still retain the lead. So I choose first. <laughs> I will go okay, first. Sl- okay. You slow that one oh, i had to, i had to think because I, I was like we didn't have a review episode you know this week and i was like wait did coach send us i'm like oh he didn't have anything to send us because there was no game this week so i was, I was actually <laughs> couldn't remember <laughs> that's why it was slow that was, that was me thinking um Amazing. all right uh i'll go first uh i like his abbreviations cb15 so carson beck uh over under 275 yards passing um i'm gonna go over i'm also gonna go over all right uh DE30, Dejon Edwards, over under 105 yards rushing. Over. Mm. Mm. Uh, man, I want to go. I want it to be over, but do I disagree? <laughs> uh, see, this is where, like, what if I say, does my, does what I say have any impact? I'm going to go under. I think as a team, we get over a lot, but Edward, Dejon will go under. Um, for okay. me, over under seven and a half players with a reception. Mm. Um, I'm going to go over. Hmm. It's a good line. I'll go over. Okay. It's a good line though. It is. I agree. Um, let's see. Defense. Over to you. Over under 250 yards passing for Florida. I'll go over. Okay. I'm gonna go under. Um, and then my turn. Over under 150 rush yards for Florida. I'm gonna go under. I'm also gonna go under. Okay. Um, over to you, over under. Two and a half sacks for the Georgia defense. <laughs> like in line. Oh man, I really want to say over, but I'm going to go under. Okay, I'm going to say over. Ha ha ha. Um, and then special teams over under two and a half field goals attempted by Georgia. This is a good one too. Um, I'm going to go under. I'm going to also go under. Okay, and then <laughs> Coach told us he had one lined up for the last cocktail party uh, with the CBS crew. Gary Danielson over under one and a half Tebow references over agreed smash the over on that one. <laughs> Got to go out with a bang uh, on that one for Gary. Yeah, seriously. All right. Thank you as always to coach Joe Bill uh, for sending the over unders and tracking them, the results for us as well. Oh, that's right. I totally, <laughs> I totally forgot. Like, like this actually is going to be like the last time if, if they're con- contractually obligated or whatever. Unless I guess the SEC championship game, you know, assuming, right. you know, obviously we're going to get there, but like this could be the last regular season Gary Daniels. This is the last regular season Gary Daniels. Yeah. Cause even though we're on CBS with Missouri, it's going to yes. be like the B team. I forgot about that. Yeah. 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 We're going to get the B team. Ugh. Yeah. You're right. I kept saying the last cocktail party with them, but you're right. Should be the last regular season game with them. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's sad. I, That's I, sad. Hate, sad. I hate everything. I hate everything. We got, is there no other like question we can ask that like, ah, I'm sorry to end it on a negative note. <laughs> oh, we're, we, we can, we, we can flip that around when we go to our predictions, but yeah, no, right. it is, it's just, it's, it is weird. I don't, I don't, 
I don't like it. And the fact that the music is staying with CBS and going to the big, the big 10 is just wrong. <laughs> yeah. It's just awful. Like, like enjoy that music with Rutgers versus Northwestern or whatever. Yeah, seriously. All right. Um, so prediction time. Um, let's see. CBC R2 Sam has Georgia uh, winning this game 32 and a half to 16 and a half. Uh, so shout out to Ross Rutledge. Even though I think I made Ross mad with my uh, spreads, my spreadsheet joke on Twitter for the weekend. I wasn't even so much a joke, but Ross, I wasn't talking about you. Did you see his, re- his reply to me? It was pretty, um, pretty I amazing. I saw it. No, no, oh my no. gosh. It was so good. So my, I said something like, so I was, um, who was it? There was another, like Dan Lanning. I felt like went to it too often on fourth down. It was You're talking about the fourth down. Yeah. Hypo. Like, yeah. There so was, there was mine, a bunch. Yeah. Mine was about like analytics guy saying that it's right to go for it kind of thing. And I'm like, sometimes I just kind of feel like I don't care about the analytics. Like you just need to not go for it for here. And so um, it was when Hypo had like failed, tried and failed again. And I said, you know, coaches are going to lose their jobs because a guy in a spreadsheet told with a spreadsheet told him to go for it and fourth down. And Ross said something about like, <laughs> he said something about like the, yeah, with the guys, the guys that know Python are like way better than the spreadsheet bro anyways. And I was like, okay, fair. <laughs> That's great. It was good. So anyways, um, let's see, looking at odd shark, the dogs are favored by 14 and a half. Uh, and the over under is 49. So that gives an implied score of Georgia 31.75 to Florida 17.8. Two five, um, their predicted score at Odd Shark is Georgia forty four point one to Florida thirty point seven. Uh, John, I added the CFB nerds model because I know we've been intrigued by that one. Uh, they've got the dogs thirty nine point seven to twelve and a half. Um, and something I brought back this week that we were doing last week, uh, we didn't have enough data really um, until now. But looking at the scoring impact, so this basically takes. Um, what Georgia does to their opponents um, in relation to their average output against the power five. So Georgia is scoring on average three more points against teams than they tend to allow against the power five. And Georgia is holding teams uh, to nine points fewer uh, than their average uh, scoring against the power five. So if you apply that, to Florida's averages, that gives the dogs 28.27 to 17.56. Um, mm. So with all that analysis there, John, what do you what are you thinking here? Or do I need to go? <laughs> I don't know. I, I guess you go first. So like I my my score actually like I actually feel like the implied score is like right on, which I know is super boring, but like because I had looked at um some of the, the other shark, st- the odd shark implied score. Just the implied score of the the line. Like I was actually thinking like 31 to 17 is kind of what I was thinking. Oh, wow. Okay. But that's, and that's like right on with there. Um, I can see it being kind of tight. I can see it being tight. And maybe it's a later score and we pull away in fourth quarter. Mm. So Jim, what's, what's your say? What's my say? Yeah. FTMF? <laughs> no, I mean, like what's your score? Yeah. No, as I had already come up with 31. I hadn't even, I hadn't looked at the line yet. Okay. So 31 to 17 is my pick. 31, 17 is your pick. Got it. Locked in. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go 34. Mm, I go 34 20. 34 20. Okay. 21, something like that. Yeah, 21, 34, 21. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. You know, like I said earlier, like they haven't uh they've they won one game outside of the swamp. That was against South Carolina. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I think you're good. Let me ask you this. Is this the best team we played this far this year? Do you think? I mean, I know they got their bus kicked by Kentucky. We played Kentucky, but that was at Kentucky. I don't think, I, I, I don't know. I don't think it's the best team that we've played in general. Like okay. but there's, there's definitely a, I mean, the, the implied score here, like the 30, 31, 17 that like you've got there. Um, even like a like the college football nerds, the forty to twelve, like I could easily see this game getting out of hand really quickly. Particularly if chips fall where they need to fall from a defensive standpoint. Yeah. Um, you could be looking at the best defensive performance um, of the season for the, for the Georgia Bulldogs if things can, you know, pan out the way that they pan out. And I'm hoping that they've been in the lab working out how they're going to get pressure on the quarterback this this go around yeah um yeah i mean i could easily see a blowout here based on all the stats all the you know the offense versus our 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 offense versus their defense their defense uh their offense versus our defense so like yeah i'm with you i could easily see it being a blowout but i'm just i'm my my score prediction being you know above you know above what (laughs) what the opponent is, you know, statistically showcasing mm. is just based on the body of work that I've seen us produce thus far. And until they can show me different, that's where I've got to go with it. Okay. A closer game than I'd like it to be. Yeah. Yeah. I, what, a, what a time when, you know, like you, you're closer than I'd like it to be. And you've got us, got us winning by 13 points. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, so, all right, cool. Um, you know, yeah. If the dogs, uh, the dogs win, um, we're getting pretty close to Miami of that streak, John. So we're at uh, 19, 19 uh, straight weeks at the AP poll number one. Uh, keep it going. We're about to catch Miami. Um, I think theirs was twenty two straight weeks at number one in the AP poll. So marching towards that still. So um, looking around the country, the Kirby. It's the Kirby death march. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, you know, got it got mentioned about like the meat of the schedule. I mean, this is where, you know, for all the talk of the easy schedule, it's uh it's taken a serious serious turn with the the level of degree of difficulty is going up, um from here on out for sure. So do we do we know what this what's what's the strength of schedule rankings now? I don't know, I don't know, but I you know like no one other than you you know you were higher high on Missouri in the off season and and we're kind of pointing to that all year. I mean, frankly, like we didn't. We didn't think Florida would only have two losses by this point, um, right? I mean, I'm pretty sure we thought felt like we thought they would have more than two by this point. So, um, right, you right, know, right. this back half of the schedule is a lot more difficult than folks thought it was going to be. So, <laughs> right, ninety five. Strength the schedule. Yeah, I, I expect that number to come down by the end of the year, but we'll see. We'll see. South Carolina has the toughest schedule in the country. Interesting. Okay. I mean, they're playing mainly the, the teams we play. Yeah, whatever. I know. Seriously, Alabama has <laughs> Alabama has the third the third ranked uh, schedule in the country. Hmm. Ole Miss yeah. number five, LSU number six. Like what? Wait, what? Yeah, our, that is, is kind of weird. From the West. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is weird. Um, I don't know. Looking at the games around the country, I mean, the, the main one that jumps out to me is Oregon, Oregon, Utah. Um, and that's going to be on the same, at the same time as our game. So, um, okay. pretty sure game day is going there. Not that we really watch it anymore, but, um, 
I know you're definitely not watching because our your boy Pat McAfee blocked you, right? Or did he block you? <laughs> he did block me. He did block me. <laughs> what did I he have do? no idea. I didn't. I have never mentioned him like at all in in like I never mentioned him on Twitter at all. But I got blocked somehow. I'm like, what? Oh, that's so funny. That's so funny. Yeah, I don't know. I, that I, seems to be all, a thing. All I can say is, all, all I can say is, he exported he exported um, Herb Street's block list because I have been blocked by Herb Street for adding him. <laughs> that was years ago, though, like like years ago. I want to say like it had to have been like at least ten years ago that he blocked me. I don't follow Herb Street anymore because he's he annoys me on Twitter. So yeah, I just well, not. But I, I used he, to really he, like him, but eh, whatever. I did. Yeah, he's he's really soft. All, all I can say is, if you, I, I think Bobby Bobby posted a screenshot that, that he got blocked too. Like if you mention anything at all negative about this guy, he blocks you, and that's exactly what Herb Street did. That's too funny. Too funny. Uh, well, yeah. So I don't know. I'll I'll probably have a TV over to the side for Oregon, Oregon, Utah. Um, but that that's the only like top twenty five for your know, top two teams in the top fifteen or whatever matchup going on this weekend so dude, dude can i can i like for just one second talk about the utah game um yeah you know when they played i think wasn't it they played usc this mm-hmm. past weekend right yeah like john pointed this out and i did not notice this because i was watching like the tail end of that game mm. he was talking about kyle willingham um you know the way that he was slowing down those teams i'm wondering if like anybody has like taken notes on that because you know Tennessee was, you know, we got Tennessee on the schedule, right? And we were all talking about like, oh, like the way that you slowed these teams down is like fake injuries and things like that. But like the way that he was doing it was like he was taking every opportunity he could whenever they substituted by bringing out his like biggest interior defensive lineman. He was just like rotating those guys in and out every time, every time USC substituted, he was just slow walking those guys out to the point where like, they would substitute and then he would, you know, they, they have to give you the chance to substitute and he would wait to the last possible moment to substitute his lineman out. And then the referee's literally standing over there and there's like five seconds left on the play clock and they yeah. had to call timeouts. And I thought I never, I never noticed that, but I was, it was amazing. <laughs> I didn't notice it like to the degree of the video that John pointed out. I mean, like Georgia does that, but not like that. Like this was like a masterclass in how to do it. Yeah, Cause like, seriously. cause like the guy who's on the field, who's getting subbed out, he waited until the guy like reached him and it was like, you know, it was like tap out kind of thing. And then he left the field. <laughs> like they didn't pass each other. Exactly. The guy waited in the, like right by the ball. It was pretty amazing. So well, yeah. I, I, gotta, I gotta wait for him to come off the field. <laughs> yeah. That, that was, uh, that was beautiful. That was beautiful. So they got hosed by the way. Oh my gosh. Who ah. got hosed? Uh, no, it wasn't Utah. Who, no, that, who Iowa. You're thinking of Iowa. Iowa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got hosed. So my only question on that play was: was that flag not thrown on the field? Like, was that reviewed? And then, and then they added that review. No, or, I don't think okay. it, I don't think it was a reviewable play. Well, I don't know. I heard something on Split Zone Duel about them reviewing it. So I don't know if they reviewed it to confirm it or something, but. I don't think I, wouldn't that's assume re- I don't I don't think that's a reviewable play. I, I mean, actually it, think it was bull I think it was bull crap because how many how many like Georgia like players like you know when whenever those Australian kickers kick their kicks and they get the friendly rolls like the they're they're waving their hands like this. But how many like, times I, did they I then... feel like I feel like he was pointing and doing the same thing. Like he was he was trying to show his players where it was and and moving his hand. 
I don't disagree Hor with you. Horizontal, not vertical. I don't disagree with you, but the ruling wasn't that he made a fair catch signal. It was that he made an invalid fair catch signal, which that's a difference. What? That's is a, that even, what's that an invalid fair catch signal? Exactly. That's the rule. So, you can, so basically, if you do something that's kind of like in between, basically. So the whole reason, the reason that rule is there is so that you can't like trick someone and like do your hand sideways, like a low fair catch and then catch it. And then you get hit and like, oh, I did a fair catch, right? Like that's why that rule is there. It so wasn't. Any, so if anybody does this, like that, that was usually the universal sign. I agree. I agree. That's where I'm. That's where I feel like it's weird. But usually, when you're doing that, you don't pick the ball up. Which I'm not saying, you know, that he shouldn't have. Obviously, he should. I mean, I, I think it's a horrible way to end the game, <laughs> or that that costed the game. But I'm not sure. I'm actually. I love piling on refs, but I'm. I'm actually not sure that that was wrong. To be honest with you. So I, I I'm piling on refs. <laughs> I think by the letter of, of the rule, they actually applied that rule correctly. But because again, they didn't say he signaled for a fair, fair catch. They just said he did an invalid fair catch, which is that's the difference. But whatever. I feel like uh, um I don't know. You remember the Super Bowl where the Dallas Cowboy guy can kind of came in like last minute and tried to pick up the like when everybody thought that the game was was going to be like over and he like tried to pick up pick up the ball and it ended up like touching it. I, I, know. I, I know what game you're talking about. It wasn't Super Bowl, but uh, was it? it wasn't or, a Super oh, Bowl? Yeah. oh yeah, maybe I it was. was a Super Bowl. I don't know. It was like um, Leon Lett is the one that I always think of, but maybe that's the one I'm thinking of. I don't know. Well, what do you what are you doing on Saturday? Are you gonna have a cocktail party at home? I don't know. Uh neighbor, I I think I texted you, my neighbor that I usually watch the games with, um, he's going out of town for a lacrosse tournament. Um, oh yeah. So um, he's going to be in your neck of the woods. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what we're going to end up doing um, right now. I, I was sick yesterday. or I was sick the last couple of days. Um, and so I haven't even really thought about it, to be honest with you. Yeah, I I, I haven't either. Um, you know, sometimes it's like falls on Halloween. We got Halloween early next week, so we don't have that going on. Um, I don't know, we've got kid activities going on. So I, don't know, I may just be on the back porch eating bean dip watching it. Nice. I like that. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Lindsay fortunately is done with her fall photo sessions. I don't think she has any sessions for like the next 10 days or something like that. So it should nice. be a pretty, pretty, pretty clear, pretty clear afternoon for us. Nice. Cool. All right. Well, another installment of the, uh, the cocktail party. Um, last one was CBS as the broadcast crew. So soak mm. that up. Uh, enjoy Brad and Gary. <laughs> <laughs> I do like Brad. I do like Brad. I, I do. I, like, I, yeah, Brad's yeah. great. Yeah. So I'll, I'll I'll be soaking that up personally. So, but yeah, man. Uh, yeah. We we'll just have to get after it. FTMF. FTMF and go dogs. Go dogs. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.